Hi everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the world of Centered Subject. And hello world. Hi Jenny. Hello. And hi Elena, which is myself. Hello. Who is myself. And we are a podcast that focuses on a on a given theme on a weekly basis, but we do it in a sort of abstract way and try to get lost and found along the way. So today we're speaking about the body, the body physical and also the body digital and the way that the body is both compressed into the room and flattened into the screen on the second week of quarantine in Corona era. So how are you, Jenny? How's New York? Oh, it's okay. I mean, no, it's not okay at all, but I'm I'm having an, a better time. I was sick for I was myster- I was one of the people with the mysterious sickness that we don't I don't know if it was corona or not and I won't know until the antibody test comes out, but I do feel a lot better. So, that's awesome. And I it's really interesting when I like feeling better and I feel so great when I feel better. It's just like wonderful and I feel like I have my life back or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I cleaned my room in this, like, very detail-oriented way. The vacuum returned to my life. It took took space once again. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually, I vacuumed for, like, a good seven, eight minutes. And um, it takes three or four. I think I really stretched out the time. Well, you have to clean your world, which is your room, and which is also your background of the Zoom. So That's right. it's important that you, you know... Keep it well and maybe rearrange every now and then just to change the scenery. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to spend time with my friend the vacuum too. I don't know. It's just like, ah, it just felt, it feels nice to, I don't know, like the objects in the house that I really like are kind of like roommates or something. So Hmm. we we were hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. They were coming to live um, because we're... The inanimate objects are, are becoming our immediate friends. I have a, I have a newer lamp oh. in poodle form. And I've really been having sentimental relationship with it. You know, it's yeah. just someone I see before I go to bed and when I wake up. Uh, it watches, it guards my phone when I'm asleep. Oh, important. Important, yes. You know, and just it's beautiful and, and porcelain and really inspirational kind of like a dream and I've really been developing a certain attachment now that I haven't seen or touched human beings while well, I've seen them um, jumping around like kangaroos um, six feet away from me. What? Why are they jumping like kangaroos? Well, uh, no, maybe actually that's me jumping because I've been having these experiences but I've, I will venture out for a walk. Mm-hmm. For instance, yesterday I woke up really early and I went for a walk at six in the morning and it was pretty empty. I did, however, encounter three people in different areas, and all three were smoking cigarettes. One was smoking a cigarette with a face mask um, pulled down under her chin, and she was like mm. sitting on the you know street curb. And one was mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette on her porch, and then there was someone who was um, near a construction site, and he was also like having like a pre-work cigarette and wearing gloves like latex gloves Mm. so that was interesting i felt like everyone was conscious of corona times but you know also smoking nervously Mm, that makes a lot of sense i know it it didn't and did at the same time it was one of those situations yeah but yeah i but i jumped away you know every time like because a couple of times i didn't see them oh yeah like the woman who was sitting on the 
on the street curb. She was sort of hidden behind a car, and so I saw her, and then I'm like, oh, I'm too close. And so I jumped, and mm. so maybe I was like a kangaroo. Yeah, you you have been jumping away from people for <laughs> a while. Which is interesting, because my natural instinct is to jump onto a person and, like, drape myself on them. Oh, it's Especially true. if it's a man. Aww. So now I'm just very confused as to what to do. That's not a healthy way. IRL, you're a very cozy person, so it's quite tragic to hear you jumping away from the strangers. I know. I think it's happening to all kinds of people in society. Yes, I'm I'm quite standoffish in general <laughs> with strangers. So, um, I mean, I'm nice, but I'm certainly physically reserved and Protestant-like or whatever. So, I'd be good at it, except I can't go outside, so I can't even try to do a plan of staying very distant and freak out soon i will maybe you know i'll evade others but you know it's interesting about the distance the physical distance and and that that terminology has been kind of shifting you know it started with social distancing which is still kind of officially used but people have also used um physical distancing and social closeness or something like that yeah but it sort of makes sense in this kind of interfaced video way that we have been engaging with each other mm-hmm. and trying to come close together because it does, I feel like, compress the distance between us. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to someone in Oslo this morning and we were sort of in the same mode that I was using yesterday when I was talking to someone in LA. You know, it just seems like we're just vaguely, vaguely in the online universe with like, yeah. on, and only have the upper torso. Yeah. Um, well, not the lower torso. <laughs> That's all we bring. <laughs> The rest is disappears. Wait, but they're a lower torso, in fact. It's, ah, there's a, that's the fun part, is the lower torso. Yeah, but like having a video chat with somebody that you never have video chats with, that you abs, it's like impossible that you would ever chat with them, but then you have to. Have you done it? That I find really, I have experienced that with this. Hmm. And that's really, that was actually pretty disturbing. Like a friend that I see, you know, in my life and then seeing them on the video it was just, and they're kind of anti-technology. It was, it was like, oh, this is real. That person's on the on the computer now in a video chat. Like, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It took a while to get used to, but it was it was remarkable to me how how you could feel close, how the friendship that we have was present. Anyway, I was surprised. I thought it wouldn't work or something. I thought it would be too, you know, distant or fake or I don't awkward or something, but. It was nice. I felt really good the rest of the day, you know. It it was good. I don't know. I have faith in it now. And oh, I sat with my nephew. My nephew is 7 and I sat with him for about 2 hours <laughs> when he was playing video games and I was doing my grad school homework and we didn't say really anything to each other. Mm-hmm. But we just kind of idly mm. said whatever and just kind of were in each other's presence. Yeah. It was awesome. It's like, and and I got, like, he, <laughs> this was weird. He's cool. Like, he's kind of old. He acts old for his age. And um, he was on Fortnite with his <laughs> nine-year-old friend. And he, <laughs> he was, like, talking to the guy. And I couldn't hear his friend talking. But I was on Skype. And I was like, oh, um, you guys sound like you're having a conversation. So I'll let you go, nephew. And he was like, no, it's okay. And then I could hear him talking to his friend about me. And he was like, mm. oh, no, it's cool. I'm talking to my aunt. She's um, she's older. And um, I'll say my age. She's 41. And she's in grad school. <laughs> and the nine-year-old was like on the other end, like hearing about his aunt who was in grad school. 
<laughs> it was really weird. That's cool. It was awesome. Like you were overhearing each other. Yeah, I urgently wanted to get off the phone because suddenly I was just like spending an hour hanging out with seven and nine year olds. <laughs> I was like, what is this time? Because it's just the things that the, it's the room where the distance collapses yeah. and also age yeah. collapses. It's sort of an ageless, timeless, spaceless, vague online. Yeah. And the kid was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because it's ageless and timeless and yeah, spaceless. <laughs> and lower torso less. Yeah. We're just these like beings. I do suggest I want to hear what other people have experienced, like spending non structured time just hanging out with seven year olds on the phone, you know, or on or the anyone really Skype. Just yeah. Non- it's a non structured time with anyone. Just vague cooking. Until you have nothing to say. Yeah. yeah. Vague presence through the interface. Yeah. Yeah, but but like accepting it, like you're not bored. You're not like, oh, okay, whatever, bye. You know, it's just like, okay. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I think some people do it when they're in a long distance relationship. You know, they just kind of feed. Like yeah. The, it's sort of like a the feed from the dolphin from the aquarium or something. You know, it's sort of like a similar thing. You're just the feed from the aquarium. The feed. Oh, the, <laughs> wait, what? You know, the food. You're a live feed. You're like a live oh. stream of the dolphin streaming yes. into your mind. <laughs> I get what you mean. Like the fireplace thing. Yeah, on like Netflix. the fireplace. But now imagine your friends in the, in the digital fireplace burning. Yeah, it was my nephew and his friend were the fire. Yeah, were the dolphins. The Middle Ages. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you know, actually, in the Middle Ages, people used to just stare at the fire and worry about calamities, but they would sit around the fire all together and, and feel safe. I do feel related to that in this moment with everyone maybe the phone or the friendship sky you know zoom is the fire or something yeah it is yeah especially when you're in a group together because now you can advance the cinematography of your video experience and i've noticed also that across chats usually there's a you know you're usually whoever you're speaking with whether it's a group or just one person there's usually a a vision of you as well Mm -hmm. you're also being documented in a small version right but in zoom there are ways to kind of change out backgrounds and one of the ways to change the background i think is to take all the all the people that are present in the room and make them into kind of a static background mm. when when someone is speaking. So it is as though everyone else is raptly frozen and listening <laughs> behind is that them. Your dream? And they're like it's like a classroom. But when the teacher is oh. for some reason turning away from the students, the everything is just so the students are basically wallpaper. Wow. Or the students are also like looking at themselves. The levels of meta in our just everyday existence and kind of mm-hmm. narrative filmmaking just is staggering, truly. It is. It's very silly, though. And it, how it changes also, it's interesting. So yesterday I was speaking to a friend and, you know, we were, it usually starts, it's face to face, right? Usually we have the, again, the upper torso, obsessed today, but it's usually the upper torso, but then mid way through the conversation I said oh I want to get some tea and so I got up and I walked into the kitchen but you know the computer once I just continued watching me and she said oh it just looks like you look like a small character and my screen isn't black and white so you look like you're in a film noir and <laughs> just like making tea awesome. it just became it became so I want to be on her computer too yeah I think it was the phone you know you can set the phone to the black and white grayscale mode so it's not too exciting nice so all your corona news are in nice monochrome gray. 
Sounds good. Maybe better. Yes. Less excitingly horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so horrible, the phone, so authoritarian. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. I think I reached a place that I forced myself to engage with the news in a like very selective way now every day. And um, I want to know what's happening, but I'm also really careful, I think, of my emotions and my my breathing even like I've been like monitoring my breathing and if I start to breathe in a freaked out way you know I I will Mm -hmm. chill out with with what I'm reading it's interesting it's interesting that it just comes so automatic you know it's like we're ravenous for it I think which is natural we want to we want control and to know what's up yeah Knowledge and, and the whole idea of like knowledge being power, that, that expression, I think, is really deeply seated in people's minds. You know, so they think the more you know, yeah. the more information you gather, the somehow more adaptable you, you can adapt better, rather. Right. I mean, it's yeah. also a way to fill the time, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's really, I think it's really twisting and shifting. I don't know what's happening, but our relationship to it now is morphing i can feel that you know and and i mean the to the phone yeah and and to the way that and the people on them who are creating all the content they're also in this really bizarre time and they're scared and and so the content itself is not as i mean at first especially you know it was really strange it was like the old content but then it would be i don't know think of examples but yeah and and then it started to change in reaction to what was happening. I think we're just battling the idea of being transcendent. I think there's something about the technology and how advanced it is and how we can teleport ourselves through video to a different place. Mm. It seems like it should make us immune from strange bodily ailments. I love that. I agree. And the fact that we can still do that and yet we're you know, it just seems yeah. like we're in hyper-modern times. How can this still be happening? Yes, that's brilliant. You yeah. know, and the ailments just seem so basic and plague like you know it just seems like so right it's like take me away take me away from this like yeah tell me something that's gonna make this not true my oracle my yes you know my savior or something yeah and connectivity i think we do i think in times of trouble our first instinct is to run to others right and like hide huddle mm-hmm. with our group and we can't so it also makes it confusing but it's also there's like I feel like there's a couple of interesting things that are happening and one is the way that we do have these staged lives now because of you know we're constantly filming ourselves talking to other people but in some ways it's a more casual way of being you know I think things were going in such a constrained like tightly visually designed way you know mm-hmm. the way that things would be presented everyone would like curate their lives and mm-hmm. because that was like a way to, you know you could have a an offline life and online life mm-hmm. and the online life is just so shiny and now it's just sort of like it blurred so completely that yeah. I guess they're no longer shiny and we know that everyone else is just doing the same thing we're just all kind of at home probably unless we're medical workers or essential workers and we're just yeah like scrambling to be productive or to mourn life yeah I, I still think that there's there's definite class things going on and and you know self-representation I mean I don't, in a way, I don't blame people anymore. You know, like one of my friends put up this thing where she got like all these wines from this wine cellar, you know, and it was like this collection of her. Oh, you mean the way that people present, present themselves? Yeah, presenting their, you know, their Corona 
stash, you know, or their or their stack of how well they manage the quarantine. Yeah, yeah, and it has to do with wealth and family and all that stuff. And oh, having a job that allows you to work from home as well. Completely. I mean, I I think that at first it was like I felt for everybody, and now. I'm feeling these separations or something. And, and yeah, as I think about the people who are, and I know people, you know, who have to work and who have to keep going out and are being first responder type people, you know, and I mean, I work with older people and I have friends who have to go do that. And, but I also like, don't blame my other friends, you know, who are, she's showing her wines, you know, it's kind of, yeah, people just have the lives they have. Yeah. It, it is hard to, to hold all these different, lives I think at the same time sometimes and I did want to have a wine collection I was like oh I, I did go to the link that she so some of that kind of previous signaling you're saying that these kind of ways of signaling your position in life is still active and you're okay um, sure yeah, yeah 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 I just think there's more of the other part where everyone is showing the kind of less staged part as well sure yeah I, I agree and of course we want to look good and attractive the polish has come off and I'm hoping that that remains you know I hope I hope that that we keep that a little bit and because there's this like it's like everyone's being less competitive there's less yeah there's more I feel there's more solidarity there than there was or people want to be in solidarity more with one another I think that's what it is they want that they feel like they need it and for our, our world they've you know we all want that well we are experiencing the same thing globally yeah. which is a rare event it's almost like right. it's like having a strange winter everywhere at the same time it's just yeah. it's not like that usually things cycle and yeah so it's right it's quite unifying in some way i mean there's literally what you know how has there ever been something that everyone's experiencing at the same time like wrapping our minds around that it's just yeah, not in our generation, I don't think. I mean, wars, maybe. I mean, but of course they have been, but not yet for our generation. I think. Yeah. I think it is like a first event that's global in that same sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting that also that we're experiencing, we are experiencing it all at the same time, and we're able to kind of talk about it in real life, and that all again comes back to the phone and the new cycle and like Instagram Live. Yeah. Yeah. And apps that transcend continents. You know, I, I guess we're all quite happy that, that we have this internet, you know? It's become quite quite functional for us. It's become one of the only things, really, that we have to fight this, if you think about it. You know? Without it, we wouldn't be able to interact even medically you know commu- you know science wouldn't wouldn't be able to communicate in the same way and right because i think there's still all these problems with centralized this kind of platform large platforms you know that mm-hmm. that become the spaces for these interactions yeah so it's good it's of course the internet is kind of proving to be that kind of connecting link but at the same time I still don't think Instagram is that great for for mental health, but also it's kind of nice. So we're on these platforms and we're unified. And I guess it's also a very, it it becomes this place, yeah, of we're showing how we're spending our time. And I feel like they're two different camps, like the main discernible Mm -hmm. camps. So one camp is like, this is like a time for me to be, I'm going to make the best of quarantine. Like, you know, Corona is going to be productive. I'm going to, update my website, like get my <laughs> novel finished. I'm going to, you know, just do mm-hmm. do it all, like get my six packs going. Six packs, several six packs. 
<laughs> You're really ambitious. Shows, shows how much I know about six, <laughs> drink all my six-pack beers. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, so some people are like really focused on the achievement and making the best of it, right? And then other people mm-hmm. are getting more, more mournful or just, yeah, they take a different stance. Maybe it's been the reaction of the loss of our livelihoods and our way you know or our livelihood system and possibly our livelihoods it's like everybody wanted to get back into work and work was going to take us away from this trauma and this change you know and and I think nobody knew what to do and so this idea we've talked about it last week of make a time move so fast now in a weird way it's like making a schedule and how am I going to schedule out my day and how am I going to get this done? Like particularly with kids, I think it's really, I can't imagine it's really hard to have three kids, two kids in your house and have your, you know, work from home job, you know, yes, we have to have a schedule. I have never been that kind of person. And I really wanted to be at the beginning of this. I even said it last week, but I, and I've noticed a lot of other people recently have been saying things like, you know, why do we need to remain productive? This is a tragedy. You know, we're in a really difficult place right now, and a lot of us are processing huge amount. I mean, most of all of us are processing huge amounts of stress. People are very sick. You know, some people have died. People, you know, and there's so much terrible stuff going on. What is this thing with productivity? And I was thinking about it a lot. And I'm the kind of person that, you know, if I have too much to do and I have strong feelings, I just get really stuck and I don't know what to do. So I usually end up talking to somebody or, you know, finding a way to process before I can be productive at all. And I found this article, it was, I think a lot of people have been passing it around in my world. And that feeling that you have is mourning and, or yeah, something like that. It was in the like Harvard, Harvard business or something, but it's a great article about what we're all experiencing. And, and possibly you could explain that as like the stages of mourning. So there's like a lot of denial and, and bargaining and, and um, anger and sadness and some accept- uncertainty, yeah. uncertainty and acceptance. And then anticipatory grief is the fear of possibly grieving in the future. Yeah, I read that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is definitely something that we're all experiencing and the unknown, you know, it's we're really mm-hmm. in chartered territories all of us or we're in territories we understand from our own lives that bring up a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it's just made me calm down to myself and maybe a little bit to my you know, the bosses in my life. Um, It's made me make more space in myself and and made space for others to be going through really random emotions. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, what do we do with this idea of, I think a lot of people are thinking about this right now. What do we do with productivity? What does productivity mean Mm -hmm. at all from a capitalist standpoint? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, I should be productive. The world, you know, especially for me, you know, so many people have lost their livelihood. Like, what does this mean? Right for us as a collective. Well, yeah, it's interesting that the productivity agents, I think a lot of like large corporations that have depended on the cycle of productivity mm-hmm. that would then expound into purchasing cycle, um, they're also worried because you continuously, um, I think I'm sure all of us are getting this strange corporate 
semi-mournful sounding empathetic emails like i really enjoyed yeah. the one from western union yesterday because right. it said i'm here for you you know and this way i think because it was it's it's a sort of it's a company that wires money essentially you know that i just felt like oh can you i really wanted to respond and why didn't i um and ask them to deliver me and just just yeah. wire me somewhere um to future maybe when there's no corona right but yeah it just seems like that's we're not the only ones confused but also corporations are confused of course corporations are only entities on paper they're um, actually run by people who are also confused yes and some of those people are putting out ads on instagram about their products yeah so a good friend of mine tanya vratsky she started collecting these ads so i interviewed tanya about her informal collection of instagram ads and also about themes of scarcity that are so relevant to our present moment Hello, Tanya. Welcome to Centered Subject. Hi, Elena. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. I'm so excited that you're here. And Tanya is a longtime friend, a really wonderful artist, and also a fellow post-Soviet. And it is my utter pleasure to have you on in these dire corona times, joining me on the air. Yay! Yay! How are you faring in these uncertain moments? In this era? It's been good. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm able to really draw on some of my sort of end Soviet times childhood experiences and uh, definitely some ancestral knowledge coming in handy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's been just, you know, a bizarre time with, you know, food shortages and everything shortages right now. And, you know, probably very similar to the way that both you and I grew up in the last sort of years of the Soviet Union. It's true. I, yeah, it's true. Um, I've been, um, I mean, I've been making kombucha before this, and then I started making sauerkraut and mm. just kind of thinking about, yeah, these like ways of dealing with preserving food and like kind of making a little go a long way but in a very like kind of very very slavic way like there's a very specific you know almost like seasonal way of of accumulating stuff and making it last forever that you know through the through the winter uh, kind of approach yeah that feels like a it's a nicely activated approach i hadn't thought of it that way because a lot of preparation, I think, that's happening right now around us is people purchasing things yeah. to last longer. But yeah, it is a bit of a different approach, right? When you take a proactive preserving approach, when you make, you also make things to last longer rather than get them ready-made, I suppose. Yeah, it's a very like, I guess that's like this, it's like a pre-capitalist, like, like this old like peasant thing of like, you know, getting enough potatoes to last the winter. Yeah, it's surprising to me that we've we've arrived at this moment here. I think it is probably the last thing that I expected. My memories of coming to the States were definitely yeah. the, the first memory, I would say, that I have um, coming to the States, and it was Houston where I went. It was going to the supermarket and seeing the sheer abundance of food and it just seemed yeah. endless and impossible to go through and yeah. kind of sitting around lazily right and we you kind of walk around in this kind of cool cool environment refrigerated 
Um, and it just seems eternal yeah. somehow. It seemed eternal. And of course, I agree. I think in the back of my mind, the store, again, like the sort of early memories of the store and back in the homeland, I think are always kind of, <laughs> you know, these gaping holes in the shelves or like people sitting in line. And, you know, so I just, yeah, yeah. I just, it's, it's eerie to see, to see this here in LA, right? Oh, totally. And like, I have very similar memories of, like, you couldn't just go to the store to buy bread. There were, you know, there's a hundred kinds of bread. And I feel like suddenly we're now back to this, like, <laughs> buy bread and you go and they have a loaf of bread and that's what you're that's what you're gonna eat because that's what they have yes oh that is such a good point yeah the variety really reduced it's true and people have also put out the flour which i know because i've been making flour clay for my art practice and now i can't because there's no flour which means that people are baking or doing something because well toilet paper is also gone so maybe it's paper mache that they're doing possibly (laughs) (laughs) i love that just like yeah all the panic buying is just for arts and crafts that they're they're doing because what else are you going to do in these troubled times i think that's when art really comes to the fore clearly yeah (laughs) i tried to buy yeast online the other day to make bread and it's all sold like amazon is sold out of yeast now so you can't even like bake your own bread so people are properly reverting to ancestral ways everyone is making things basically oh, yeah cooking oh totally totally and like like uh instagram has been crazy just seeing like just all these like you know like kind of art world people are suddenly all now posting about what they're cooking and like the weird sort of domestic adaptations that they're doing yeah it's been like this funny almost like like reverting like kind of primal like you know like museum curators are just at home like baking bread (laughs) and then that's what everyone's posting and like sharing recipes and like like sharing tips on where to buy food, which is such a Soviet thing. Yeah, that I also felt was very Soviet. I actually, I did go to Instagram to ask people about flour, any sightings. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you get, did you get No, people, food? the only thing I got is that as far as Canada, flour is missing. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just nowhere to be found. Wow. I was able, there's a little shop by my house, you know, if you get desperate, I think still has oh. some. Oh, yes, of course, for sure. Yeah. If you think, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll hop over there. Some, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can check it out. Um, however, as things are disappearing from the stores, it seems they're appearing in Instagram ads, which is full. Yes. If, if you can't buy things in kind of a physical way, it seems the online shopping is still going strong we list the advertising for that yeah i'm really i mean i've been like monitoring these weird ads that i'm getting but i'm very curious like if they actually have this stuff in stock like i'm a little bit dubious yeah but yeah i'm getting ads for all, all kinds of uh but i love how like i feel like people are reverting to these more like sort of basic ingredients ancestral ways of making stuff and the things I'm being marketed have become so much simpler. There's just ads for like rice. Yeah. Like it's not even a brand. It's just rice. Like, are you hungry here? Yeah. I saw that. So you started this Instagram account called quarantine ads, which 
I also read at first um, as Carrington Heads, <laughs> which also seems somehow relevant. Yeah, totally. Because there's a kind of element of fetishism to these objects as well. I feel like to the things that they sell. And yeah, um, I'm just looking at the account now and I see that there's a, indeed, uh, there's an ad of such uncomplexity that there is, I think especially after these years of, you know, Instagram advertisers or just advertisers in general, just trying to outsmart each other and become clever and cleverer. Yeah. Just this is basically like a bag of rice and then a bowl and yeah. with like this rice that is uncooked. The whole thing is so incredibly basic. Yeah. And it's not, they don't worry about composition. They care not about the color correction. And it's incredible. Yeah. It's like shot on a phone in someone's kitchen. Yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's no artifice. Yeah, it's it's like there's no, they don't need to manufacture desire. It's just, we're just hungry. And yet I feel like I keep reading that there's no actual scarcity of, of food. Yeah. It just, it seems in the, in the public imagination or in this collective subconscious, we are hungry. Yeah. Or we will be hungry. We're getting ready. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to tell because I feel like it it's, it's like a feedback loop where people have an anxiety about it so they panic buy and you know suddenly everyone's buying 10 times more rice than they normally would so there's this like mm -hmm. like yeah maybe they're making enough but everyone's buying extra because they're worried it's gonna run out it's interesting in terms of thinking of our soviet past and the cold war you know when each side was positioning themselves as so different to see this really unifying behaviors, I think, in some ways. Totally, yeah. It's, like, for me, I came here as a child, and, like, I remember just feeling really, like, very outside of this sort of culture that grew up with such abundance, and, like, being kind of ashamed of, of having, like, a background where, like, mm -hmm. really basic items were luxuries. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a weird, difficult time, but feeling in some way a little bit, like, vindicated or like a little bit like mm. like this is a familiar world like like this is, I've been here before yeah that you're not immune from somehow yeah I think you know I just thought of it when you were talking but you know how Chernobyl came out not so long ago yeah. and everyone was commenting on the that aspect of the scarcity and they would call it I think poverty but it wasn't exactly that but you know this kind of distinctly unglamorous pragmatic lifestyle and and people yeah, were really commenting yeah. on it as though it was something completely unimaginable for the for the western audience and and really totally. truly it's it's the behavior is quite similar to that era because that was also like the time when the perestroika was starting and so Ian was beginning to collapse and like these shortages were becoming more and more obvious and yeah from what I from what I know from what I understand here oh totally and then I was I was thinking about that show actually also the other day just also in terms of information control where <gasps> you know that first meeting that they have where they're like cut the phone lines no one can know mm -hmm. and in, to some degree that's been the U.S. government reaction has been like control information flow, so no one panics as their first response. Yeah, or don't test anyone, so that yeah, yeah exactly, so that you don't know who has it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and both of those, you know, backfiring. Definitely, yeah, and then of course the kind of centralized control that comes out of this need to control the epidemic and the tracking everyone. Yeah, and like the kind of heroic language. Yeah. I think it's really the Instagram that you began is 
very poignant and everyone should follow it currently not Yay, thank you. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I only started this a couple of days ago and it's been really fun. Um, just a fun opportunity to sort of take these ads out of context, but also to see like what's being marketed mm -hmm. to different people. A lot of the stuff I post is just kind of friends, acquaintances sending me what's being marketed to them and seeing how just very different companies are all sort of trying to put this spin on it. Oh, yeah. There's one ad on there that's from BMW. Like BMW trying to have like a meaningful connection to this thing that's like, wait, you sell luxury cars. So essentially, just to describe it, this is, and this was cryptic. I didn't quite get it. Um, and then I half got it and I still don't completely get it. So the images, um, the aerial view of, we see a part of the road that curves And um, it's a BMW ad and the text reads, is the one we need to flatten. And we know that we need to flatten the curve. And so this is a curved road. Does this mean that the BMW yeah. will flatten this? It doesn't mean anything. The curved road means nothing to BMW because it's so powerful. Is that the... What is the riddle? What is the answer? Oh, gosh. Well, the full ad, it's a screenshot from like a video ad where the first part of the text was the only curve that matters. And then it said, is the one we need to flatten. Oh. I mean, I read it as them. They're doing a public service announcement. They're pretending to be a public body, essentially. I see. Yes. Everyone is capitalizing on the... That's right. Yes. So this is Corona capitalism. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, yeah, this is a concept that we've been exploring. Totally. But yes, yeah, so this is a Corona capitalism when actually a capitalist body is masquerading into a kind of socially minded entity and promotes public good. Oh, yeah. Thus coloring their corporate colors in yeah. a slightly reddish tone, which will invite everyone purchase a car later on yeah like a like a bmw car yeah yeah it's just it's amazing the the kind of the spin that's being put on everything um and then like nike had this one that i don't even understand what it what it means but this ad that if you ever dreamed of playing for millions around the world now is your chance play inside play for the world and i think it's something to do with everyone staying in their houses but I really don't, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's cryptic. I mean, there's just a lot of mention of unity, us, them. Yeah. It's interesting how that language just becomes so generic, generically kind of positive, generically unifying. And oh. we're globally, we're gathering to fight the virus with our abilities and economy being a really large communal power. Yeah. Mm. Like like wartime, like I, I think a few people have been talking about like this weird the militancy. Very militant. Well, thank you, Tanya, for joining in and weighing in on these important aspects of Corona capitalism and socialism. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having. This was fun. This was fun. Again, everyone should join Tanya on quarantine ads on Instagram, and also if you see a poignant advertising served to you about the algorithm screenshot and send it over yeah please do thank you we forgot to discuss this one ad that um, another friend of ours received so the way that Tanya she mentioned she gets some of these ads is that her extended network of friends sends her screenshots and 
um, a mutual friend, um, Lula de Magalhães, recently received this really great ad, which has suggested that the best way to spend the quarantine is to work on the softness of your butt. Uh, so essentially, it was a company uh, that makes masks and polishes for your ass. Oh, oh, good God. That was quite funny. And it was so specified. They're like, now, finally, you have the time. So that was pretty funny. Oh, my God. Mind your own business. Exactly. So, yeah, everyone should sign up and everyone should keep safe and well. And yeah. everyone should join us next week when we will continue discussing important topics. I think next week, transitioning from the butt and to other body parts, we'll be, we'll be focusing more on the body and the needs of the body, the erotic needs of the body. So, yeah, return next week and hear from us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.